Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into the house with a clock in its walls in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. First, I just want to say I cannot believe I got the title of the movie right uh, when I wasn't looking at it. And second, uh, I don't know if you can hear it yet, but having a little bit of uh, a throat issue, so uh, hopefully that won't be too terrible uh, on the listening end of things, and uh, I can I can push through this. Um, plenty to say about the house with a clock in its walls, and we're just gonna we're just gonna dive right into this. Um, get through it. Uh, so The House with the Clock and Walls, it's based on a storybook. Um, it's from 2018. It's directed by Eli Roth. This is a kid's movie directed by Eli Roth, known for The Green Inferno, Hostel, Death Wish, Hostel Part 2, Cabin Fever, um, Knock Knock, which is a very shitty uh, Keanu Reeves movie from 2015, and uh, Grindhouse, and... Yeah, so, you know, he's not um, known for kids' movies, and so this is an interesting turn for him as a director. It stars Jack Black, Kate Blanchett, Kyle MacLachlan, Colleen Camp, uh, and among others, including a, a host of children actors, and general story, general plot, uh, looking at this movie, uh, you have Owen Vaccaro, who plays Lewis, and he is heading over to live with his uncle, Jack Black, in a very creepy, potentially haunted old house, and uh, there are lots of clocks on the walls, and lots of ticking sounds when he gets there. Kate Blanchett is the neighbor, she is uh, Mrs. Zimmerman, and, uh, you know, he, Louis, Owen Vaccaro, slowly determines that there's something otherworldly, something fantastical, something magical happening in this house. And he doesn't know what it is, and at first he's terrified of it, and it's it's not a great situation. He is at a new school, he is trying to fit in, he doesn't have any friends, and he's trying to make that work and, and figure that, that whole side of life out as well. And it's just it's just not a great moment in, in poor Lewis's life. And so, as the film progresses, uh, you know, we get a little bit, we, we come to understand what's happening, and, and Lewis grows as a character, you know, he finds someone to be friends with, he becomes closer with his uncle, and that's all well and good, uh, until sort of the crux of the film is that the house wasn't always Jack Black's house, it used to be Kyle MacLachlan's house, and Kyle MacLachlan uh, dies off-screen before the movie even starts. And Black is searching for the titular clock in the house's walls. And he doesn't know what it does, but just that it's it's driving him insane, and something magical is about it. And through a series of events, um, the world is kind of put in danger. And it's up to Lewis, Jack Black, and Kate Blanchett to uh, save the day. 
that's kind of the premise and basic outline of what's happening. Um, it's a story about, it's a movie about magic, and magic runs amok, and then magic is needed to, to um, rein things back in, in a sense. And on that level, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of like a, I don't know, sort of condensed variation of Harry Potter into like a single book, into a single movie. You know, it, it's, it's definitely, at times, wish fulfillment for a kid. You know, Lewis is only 10 years old. There are a lot of things in this, in this movie that if I was 10 years old, I would have loved to have been a part of and to, to have. And... To that, to the film's credit, you know, at the end, the kids, uh, particularly at my screening, loved it. They they were cheering. They were very happy. They they were very very pleased with what what the movie was giving them. As someone who's not a kid, as someone who is 26 years old, uh, who has seen plenty of kids movies, plenty of movies with magic, um, including the aforementioned Harry Potter movies and and beyond. I, I don't. I, I was not a fan. Um, for for a couple of, for a lot of reasons. Um, the first, so it's a movie about magic, and when you have magic, that means you have special effects. And early on, very early on, there were some special effects happening that I was really on board with. Uh, there's a moment where Jack Black goes to open a door, and the door handle. The doorknob t- turns before his hand actually touches it, which I liked. I thought that was a neat little subtle thing that they did there. Uh, there is a window pane, a-, a stained glass window that changes and moves, and I thought that was fairly well done. And then the further into the movie we get, the worse and worse. There is a scene where the floor is crumbling. Uh, and Jack Black and Owen Vaccaro, Lewis, are trying to navigate it. And their movements are just so unorthodox based on the pieces of the floor that have been, that are that have fallen already. You know, they're jumping where they don't need to jump. They are stepping and avoiding places that have ground underneath them as if they didn't, uh, which makes, you know, it felt like you have this special effects team who... You know, they obviously, you know, ran Jack Black and Ovacar through this scene and then came back in and edited it and, and added the effects in later of where was the floor going to crumble. And they just didn't, it was like they weren't even looking at the way the characters were moving to, to accomplish this. Uh, there are a lot of uh, animated pumpkins at, at one point in the movie, which also I felt were kind of shoddily brought to life, uh, there are, I don't know, it, it just, it started out solid, and it just, it just kind of went downhill, um, there's a couple of transformation scenes, where one character changes to look like another, and those were, oh boy, those were really rough, um, you, you, Having, you know, you see some of the, having, you know, you see these in other movies and it's kind of like a slow, it almost feels like one person is sort of coming out of the person, like it has been underneath their skin and is like just coming to the forefront. 
And I think that's what this was going for in those moments, but that's not what it, how it came across. It was just kind of like rapidly shaking the head and eventually you just turn into the other person. And it was like a 30 second sequence that really only five seconds was actually shifting from one person to the other. I don't. It was, it was rough. It got real rough uh, with with the magic towards the end. Um, what else we got? Uh, outside of <laughs> Jack Black and Kate Blanchett, uh, who were good. Kate uh, Blanchett was fantastic. She always is. Jack Black was solid. Uh, I particularly liked their banter between each other, but. There's a lot of this movie, which is kids. Uh, Owen Vaccaro, as Lewis, obviously, is basically the main character. Uh, but then you have Sonny Soljic, who plays Tarby, uh, who is in a decent amount of the movie. Um, and he is horrendous, in my opinion. He was terrible. Uh, you had um, all the kids, really. Were, Owen Vaccaro, easily uh, terrible. It's just awful. I, I could barely, he, there are a couple scenes where he's crying, and it looks like the f most fake thing I've ever seen, uh, it's so forced, it, it feels like he is, I don't know, it, it doesn't even come close to feeling effortless, his face looks strange, he, he, it's like he's straining a muscle to smile half of the time, I, I was really, some of the worst child acting uh, in any movie I've seen was in The House with a Clock in Its Walls. Uh, then beyond that, uh, you know, the movie sets up this, like I said, kind of a doomsday plot where the world is going to end, potentially, and our heroes must save the day. And of course, they have to. They have to save the day at the end. You know, they won't not save the day, but the process of saving the day is laughable. Uh, so we we are told throughout you know about three quarters of the movie that one, this Kamaglaklin whose house this used to be, is or was one of the most powerful warlocks ever. He came back from the war and was just so incredibly strong and that's why it has taken Jack Black and Kate Blanchett so long to figure out what was happening to determine what's going on to find this clock etc okay that's cool you've established this and then there's one part where Lewis determines that he can do something that Black and Blanchett cannot do and based on the parameters of the movie, I accepted it. I, I thought that was fine. It's kind of a loophole that he uses, and I think that makes sense. I have no problem with that. But once we get to sort of the, the end times of the movie and the initiation of the sort of last act, it, it really felt... And, 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 I, and obviously based on a book, so I don't know how closely they were adhering to the book at this, this point necessarily, but the, it's, you know, it's akin to, say, uh, you, you have this incredibly elaborate, incredibly huge, incredibly d dangerous device, and, you know, you press the button, and the device starts, and then it, it's it, basically the solution... I would compare to, say, just unplugging it. 
as if and and not only that but the fact that this incredibly powerful guy didn't even think to create some sort of failsafe like it, it all these pieces have to be moving absolutely perfectly they cannot be adjusted or touched or altered it just i don't know it, it felt like way too simplified way too simplified for a solution to to prevent the world ending in the way that it does and I don't know, i'm trying to like talk around the specifics but it, it was really frustrating i i almost laughed out loud uh when the day was saved because of how absurd it felt to me um and then as i mentioned the the kids not the best actors but also the kids side plot so main plot is Kate Blanchett, Jack Black and Owen Vaccaro and magic and figuring out this clock in the walls and and so on and so forth but there's this entire side plot that mostly has to do with Lewis and his friend uh, Tarby who he wants to be friends with and for a while is friends with until certain things happen and they stop being friends and it's mostly Tarby's fault and Lewis is afraid and wants his friend back and does some stupid stuff to to do that and I just the the movie doesn't set that up for me it doesn't ever convince me or try to make me feel like Lewis as a character would do something so stupid he is an incredibly smart kid. He reads the dictionary. He defines all the words ever. And for him to like go from that person to to where he ends up is is ridiculous. Uh, you know, it, it's it's kind of like I don't know, it, it's like saying a character has a weakness for something, but doing that by showing the first thing that's by making this moment the first time that that weakness has ever occurred. Um, so, like, if, for example, uh, in in Jumanji, you know, the whole thing about Kevin Hart having cake as his weakness, uh, they say it early on, and later he eats cake and dies, which is ridiculous, but neither here nor there. If he just ate cake and died, and that was the first time we'd ever heard of the weakness, it wouldn't work as well. It wouldn't make any sense. Uh, because we didn't know that. How would we ever assume that? And there would be no tension, there would be no drama surrounding it. And that's basically what this does. It's like, the first time we see it, he eats the cake. It's not, he has this weakness. We don't realize that early on. It just, it never felt that way to me. I don't know. It, it, just, that's how I felt. Whatever. Um, yeah, I, I was not a big fan I was uh, pretty, pretty, pretty thumbs down on the house with a clock in its walls, almost always, almost the whole time. Um, there are a sequence of, of involving mannequins and dolls and, and things like that that I liked. I thought those effects were pretty solid. Um, and I think there were some logistical questions I had throughout the movie that I mostly just filed away as magic <laughs> as, as to why they weren't obvious, uh, which I guess maybe that's how that works. 
I don't have any better explanation, so that's going to be have to. That's going to have to be how I characterize and, and address those ultimately. But at the end of the day, so at the end of the day, um, I, I haven't, I'm a little behind in the spreadsheet, but I, I know it's going to end up in about a, let's see, probably below that. Looking like Hotel Transylvania 3 range, um, I was pretty down on Hotel Transylvania 3. I did a statistics episode on it. I gave it a 22. That's where I'm looking for uh, for for the house with a clock in its walls. Not not a fan. Uh, it's a shame. I wish Jack Black had continued to do uh, the Goosebumps franchise, which I don't know why he wouldn't do it. I feel like it could do better financially than this would. Uh, I don't know why they got Eli Roth to do this movie. Nothing about this felt like him. Uh, he, the pumpkins felt like him, I guess, uh, and and there was a, a a poop gag that happens like three or four times in the movie that I just I felt was really out of place. Like this is not a movie that needed slapstick. It had a lot of other decently fine, funny aspects to it, particularly Black and Blanchett's bickering, which I liked a lot. Um. So yeah, I, I don't know what the point of, of I don't I don't know what Eli Roth brought to this movie that that couldn't be more capably handled by somebody else in that respect. And mm, yeah, there's. There's a lot. There's some 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 makeup effects that happen toward the end of the movie that I wasn't a fan of either. Uh, you know, he, it, it's it's very pasty and and corpse-like, but uh, I don't know. It, it's Kyle McLaughlin did didn't do much for me. Didn't do much for me in this one, unfortunately. So thumbs down. Big thumbs down, two thumbs down. Um, it's a shame. One thing, one thing it did lead to uh, was wanting to see more Kate Blanchett. Uh, so when I came home, I watched uh, watched her as like sixteen different people in Manifesto, which was fun. Uh, but 13, 13 different people as in Manifesto. So that was nice. That that kind of put me on a different more enjoyable path uh, in a sense but that said like my audience was really into this movie I'm not you know maybe it's me I guess if I was the one who walked out of there with my head hung low but I, I don't I didn't get it I wasn't part of it I didn't connect with it it wasn't my jam it just I know it it, it it gave it had a lot of goodwill early on, like I mentioned with the some of the effects and Jack Black and Kate Blanchett really struck a tone very early in the movie, and it just careened downhill. Uh, basically, once Lewis and Tar Tarby start spending any time together uh, outside of the the baseball that like which is where they kind of meet for the most part. 
after that part, I was just, this mm, is just going, it's, it's losing ground. It is moving backwards. It is losing all the goodwill it has earned and then some. So, I don't know. It's got a three average rating on Letterboxd, uh, down from 3.1 last night. So, there's that. Um, I don't know. That's that's about it, though. I don't really have much more to say. I was just not, not super pleased, not super excited. And... Uh, Nope, not for me. So, uh, that being said, um, I don't really recommend going to see it. I got to see it for free early, um, which, I mean, obviously I would have seen it otherwise with A-list or something, but yeah, if, uh, I, I wish I could say whether or not it follows the book, because if it follows the book, it feels like the book was bad, but I've heard someone, at least one person, one friend of mine has said that the book, they like the book. So that leads me to wonder if they just didn't follow the book as closely as I expected. Uh, maybe. Uh, it is a fairly short movie. It's like 99 minutes long. So for kids, it's fine. And kids really enjoyed it. And maybe, maybe that's all that matters. I don't know. But I didn't. So, that's, that's it. The House with a Clock in Its Walls. Also, terrible title. The, the Clock House. That's probably not much better. I don't know. The House with a Clock in Its Walls. It's, it's like Harry Potter slash The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, but bad and really condensed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. So uh, that's that's pretty much it for today's episode. No spoilers. I don't feel the need. I think I covered everything I wanted to talk about for the most part. And that's it. Uh, and now the outro, courtesy of Meg Berquist. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you would like to listen to more episodes, you can find this podcast at circleoffilm.com or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. If you'd like to follow Ryan on Twitter, you can find him at Circle of Film or contact him through email at circleoffilm at gmail.com. You can also support the show at patreon.com slash circleoffilm for as little as eight cents an episode. Thank you again for listening and have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be saying goodnight. I know she'll never Even as she fades from view So long, farewell, I'll be to say that In the name of love, one night in the name of love So long, farewell, oh what I'll be to say Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute So long